Hi, I'm Emily Freeman. And I'm Natalie Jackson, and we are both directors of Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty. And welcome to this episode of our C Sporty B Sporty Role Models podcast series. In this series, we are talking to some awesome and undisputed role models from the world of sport. Why? To celebrate the launch of our Role Models poster series. Posters of awesome role model girls doing the sports they love, which we have sent out to our first set of 2000 schools. We know that girls and boys in primary school still don't see enough pictures of other girls being sporty. And if you can't see it, you can't be it. So we're doing our bit to fix that. And she's already said hi. My co-host today is Emily Freeman, former UK number one sprinter, Olympian, world finalist, and of course, my co-founder at Totally Runnable and See Sporty, Be Sporty. Hi, Em. Hiya. Nice to have you with us. Nice to be here again. (laughs) And our guest this week represents Great Britain and England. She has played basketball in England, Canada, Spain. She's won the English Basketball League, Commonwealth Games silver medalist. And she has played for Team Northumbria, Durham Palatinates, which I'm a bit biased by because I went to Durham. Um, and now she's playing in Manchester for Manchester Met Mystics. It is Nicolette Pongliokwi. Hey, Nikki. Hi. So <laughs> good to have you with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, and we are starting this episode, as we start all of our episodes in this series, with a game that I like to call 11 Things Everyone Should Know About Nicolette Fongliogui. So um, we're all about role models. Everybody's different. And um, that's great. Uh, but we want to know about you. We want to know the, the key features. Um, these maybe aren't the key features, but these are what I want to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, we have 11 questions. It's either or. There are no wrong answers. Um, are you ready? Yeah, I'm sweating. <laughs> stressful. It's a stressful thing. Okay, uh, question one. Cake or pie? Cake. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Invisibility or super strength? Ooh, super strength. Warm weather or cold weather? Warm weather, definitely. Me too. Love Actually or Bend It Like Beckham? Bend It Like Beckham. Yes. Hot chocolate or coffee? Mm, coffee. Digital watch or analog watch? Digital. Box sets or movies? Box sets. Singing or dancing? both <laughs> singing <laughs> watching football or watching tennis watching tennis and a cardio or weights weights oh nikki thank you so much for joining us um Obviously, we've just, when we're recording this, we've just gone past the one-year anniversary of COVID and everything. I, um, we know from, from the work that we do that there isn't a massive amount of coverage of women's sport, and particularly through COVID. How has basketball been impacted by COVID over the last year? Um, it, it has been a difficult year because everything's been so up and down. Um, the Basketball League here um actually has been postponed um throughout the year in different parts so you'll play then you'll start then you'll play again um we actually took a three-month break um 
and not being able to go to the gym, to lift, um, to do extra training sessions because the venues have been shut. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been tough. Um, in our league, there's been a lot of girls that actually have had injuries coming back um, after not playing for so long. Um, you know, a lot of people have lost, lost jobs, had to go back home because we have, you know, people from Europe, people from America um, who felt it wasn't safe to stay, which is totally understandable. Um, and there are some girls like on my team that left because they didn't feel that it was safe to play. And they're thinking about their family, their grandparents and other vulnerable people in their family. So it's been uh, a challenging year for sure um, for a lot of people. But we're glad that we've been able to play um, being elite, as the government um, has called us. And unfortunately, a lot of other people haven't played for uh, for about a year. So we are fortunate that we at least uh, get to play and see out the rest of the year. But the league has done a good job in uh, making sure that we get tested, uh, making sure that there are protocols in place um, for each um, place that we go to. So um, it, they've done a good job in that sense. So helping us feel safe in playing. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely been a tough a tough year, but uh, hopefully it's getting better as it seems and everybody can hopefully do sports soon. It sounds like a, I was just going to say, it sounds like a, like a more, it's like everybody's got it tough at the moment. And obviously like everything moves around and whatever, but actually I can't imagine being an elite sports person and having to deal with the COVID stuff, like the COVID stuff in everyday life. We've all kind of got used to that. And that's, that's what, like, ha Emily, how would you have found that being an elite athlete and also like COVID? Like, how do you... Do you empathise? I just hate, yeah, I hate not having a plan. So not knowing, like that stopping and starting, not being able to get in a gym. I was just going to ask if there were any um, like innovative or fun or different ways that you managed to train while everything was shut. Um, because we heard, we've seen kind of um, different athletes like Holly Bradshaw with the pole vault, doing it in a garden with kind of a weighted beans on like a pole and things like that. And I just wondered if there was anything where you could like replicate <laughs> your game me and my fiance so I mean in terms of like weight wise we've got water bottles and big jugs and things like that and we've got a little bit of a garden so we've done basketball things um and they kind of like made our own little hoop kind of thing so we we, we tried our best <laughs> to do yeah to do. it's but limited it's isn't it but <laughs> it is very limited yeah but we did try some things and, um but yeah it was it was crazy because the time I last year in Durham um, we had a cup finals and that's when coronavirus started like going crazy and every sport was stopping like football had stopped at this point and for me if football stopped then I assumed <laughs> everything was going to stop and our league still made us play that game and we had to make a decision that day if we were going to play or not and we didn't feel safe doing it but because of we, it would have been the other team would have won if we didn't play and we still we still played through it and then after that the league got shut down the day after yeah it was just it was just wild you just there was that time when everything was like in the balance and things some things were happening that you thought how is that happening and then other stuff yeah, was, yeah definitely it was tricky like, we were one of the only sports still going, <laughs> still going. <laughs> it was like why are we doing oh. <laughs> and, yeah. and you talked about um you talked about uh some of the other players that, like lo losing their jobs and not being able to carry on with their sport is that um is that just like how does funding work in basketball um we're not the most um funded league 
Um, but in, in terms of, uh, a lot of the money comes from junior programs. So if the junior programs and the camps that you do, if you're not doing that, we actually had one of our um, prolific clubs, um, Sheffield Hatters, had to pull out of the league um, because of everything stopped. So they weren't making any money, no income was coming in and they couldn't afford to pay, play, uh, pay the players. Um, so it, it, it's tough in that sense because we don't generate anything through marketing or TV or any extra things like that. Our sponsors is not, we don't have many. Um, we are dependent on external things and COVID um, definitely put, put a stop to a lot, a lot of that. Yeah, what a nightmare. It's like, yeah. yeah, so much other stuff comes into whether or not you can play the sport. It, yeah. that, it never ceases to amaze me, things like that. And uh, yeah, it sounds, sounds like a tricky... And just that yeah. not much income comes in from kind of external. And I know I would definitely go and watch if I knew where to go, more, if it was more publicised. Um, I'm based around Sheffield, so I've heard of the Hatters. I had friends that um, kind of were involved with that a little bit and... Yeah, and still we've tried to take some school children to watch uh, games and it's just been really hard to organise it and it shouldn't be that hard. We need to do a better job um, with it, definitely. Um, there's just so much that, like, women's basketball is so fun to watch and when we have the big events, it shows how much people like to watch it, but it's like in our local, in our homes, like getting people to watch and showing them that it's there um, it, it needs to improve for sure, definitely. Well, I'm super excited to know that you're in Manchester because we are not far and we can definitely come across there and support um, when we're allowed COVID safe and all that. Um, Emily, so sometimes I ask, sometimes I say that I'm surrounded by these elite athletes and sometimes I ask how you would get on in each other's sports. But I happen to know that Emily would have loved to have you as a role model as a child, Nikki, because Emily was a bit of a basketball fan, weren't you, Em? Yeah, I just love basketball. I um, I, t- I had a net in my garden. I was super lucky and um, I would just play for hours. Wouldn't let myself go back inside until I'd scored however many hoops or whatever. And um, I, I don't think I was particularly good, but I really liked it. And at school, uh, my friend who was a good basketballer, myself and her joined the kind of basketball club that was in school, but that was just, I think it was just us two girls with um, the rest of the boys. Um, and yeah, we just kind of pushed to be in that. Um, I just I just loved it. I loved and I loved watching or seeing any of the kind of American side of kind of the NBA, which was obviously the men, that's the only bits I would um, come into contact with and as I was kind of saying on our pre-podcast uh, chat just about buying the magazines and, and cutting out pictures of Michael Jordan and stuff if I'd have had a role model that I could relate to more um, that would have been massive for me and, and just to know that it was going on in this country as well would have been would have been massive. So, I definitely yeah. felt like that about football and so I totally relate to what you say there but did you when you did you notice that there were no women? I don't think it was. Co- I don't think it was conscious. I was just watching. I just thought that was what it was. I didn't. I think it. It seems so far re- removed from me that maybe I thought maybe I couldn't quite get there or anything. I think. I. I, th- I think I don't know the difference it would have made had I seen, British female players. Um, I think that would have been massive. I'd have thought. I'd have seen the route into it. Um, 
and it might have I might yeah I might have done a different sport I I chose running because I could I could see that as well but um and I could see females in that so I don't know it's hard to say isn't it but I think it would have definitely made a difference what was your experience Nikki how did how did you get involved in basketball well I I actually played football so in school I only played football netball netball and rounders um I've heard of basketball before, but I'd never played it. I never really knew people that played it. Um, and because I was quite good at overall sport, um, there was a basketball tournament um, at Amici Basketball Centre in Manchester. And they asked schools to just put teams together um, because they were trying to basically recruit um, for the actual club. Um, and we went to this tournament, a bunch of footballers had no clue what we were doing and absolutely terrible. Um, but actually I wasn't that bad and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I got selected from there to go to, uh, a mystics training session, uh, with the under 14s. Um, but I, I didn't, basketball wasn't something that I knew about at all. Um, and then when I got into it, um, and I was playing at school, I wanted to keep playing, but there was no girls basketball team. Um, and, 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 and like, and like you said, I played with boys. I was the only girl in my school that played basketball. Um, and I was fortunate that my basketball coach let me play with them. Um, but I had situations where I had problems with other coaches that didn't want me to play, um, because I was a girl, I shouldn't be playing. And I was, and, and a lot of it was, I, I was better than a lot of them. Um, maybe because <laughs> I, I, I really, I say I was better than a lot of them, um, and they didn't like that and yeah that was frustrating but um there, there really wasn't I didn't know much about women playing basketball the only time I did was when I started to see the senior women women at the club so I'd start watching their games um but in terms of like outside of that NBA was the only thing that I'd seen and even then I didn't see much NBA you just see the faces um, the LeBron James, like you said, the Michael Jordan, um, but there wasn't much on TV at all. Never seen women's basketball on TV. I've never did at that point. Um, but so it's I ridiculous was that it was, it, it was just chance, really, that you've had that opportunity, which is terrible. <laughs> at that age, I wasn't like, I was more active to see something that someone put in front of me. So if you said to yeah. me, there's a girls basketball game going on, go and watch it. I would be like, yeah, definitely. But it wasn't like I was going on the internet being like, girls, basketball, you know, at that age, I was just kind of watching what I've seen um, mm. at that point. So, um, but but it improved um, and we are trying to get more, especially with the national team, we're trying to get more girls to support and watch and, and things like that. So, but yeah, yeah, it's, I... I yeah, when I was younger, it was definitely not not much women's basketball that was in front of my face. Um, and I definitely think at that age, it would have helped to see that. And I always try and encourage girls now. Um, it was actually crazy because I was doing like a, a kind of motivational speaking to like some young kids who play basketball. And I asked, I put a picture of some Great Britain women basketball players and they didn't know who it was. <sighs> And, you know, some of our biggest names in, in the sport and it's your sport too. And we actually had the most success, successful year last year. So at least I thought maybe, you know, it's been a bit more publicized, it's a bit more in your face, but no, they didn't know. And, and 
a lot of that does come with the people that are around them, you know, and it's encouraging parents to help them watch these games and for themselves too, because it's, it's entertaining, sport in general is entertaining and the coaches and, you know, some of the coaches put their hand up and said, we don't do enough in giving the girls links to the games or telling them that this is on because um, it's stuff that they should aspire to. So they should see it uh, when they're younger. I think that though is is it happens in other sports as well. I definitely when I so a couple of years ago I coached a um girls football team and I was really keen on getting them um into the England team, knowing what was going on, having a team that they followed because a lot of their parents are into football, but they're into men's football. So I think it it is, but it is for those coaches and those coaches to say, do you know what? I just haven't. I haven't done enough. Actually, they, nobody's told them to do that. Do you know what I mean? You don't get trained as a coach. Make sure you're closing the gender gap. That's not part of your training. But it absolutely should be because we do have a massive issue in terms of, of recognition of female athletes. And, you know, we know from our research that you're 33 times more likely to see a picture of a man playing sport in a national newspaper in Britain than you are a woman. Um, well, how many of those are basketball? You know, I think about when we were doing that research, they, they were all football. We, you know, we aren't seeing enough other sports. And then when we do, we aren't seeing women playing those sports. So, yeah, it's, it, there, there is definitely more that we can all do. But actually, there's a... Like, I don't, I don't blame coaches in that. I think, I, like, I totally understand how that feels. And maybe there's more that organisations like us can do to help the coaches see the importance of it and... And actually the impact it can have, because like you say, those those girls playing would have so much impact from seeing actual real life role models, legends of the sport. Um, and yeah. I think when the Olympics is on, it everybody watches everything. And I think that's how people can realise how, how fun and how good to spectate some of these sports that aren't um, as publicised. I think, like you said, like women's basketball, is an amazing game to watch, but we just don't know that because we just haven't watched it. As soon as you've watched it, then it kind of kicks on and yeah, and that's what we just need to see it a couple of times and then um, yeah, that'll help. Definitely. Um, I was also reading some stuff about the history of women's basketball and it's super interesting to me that basketball is another one of these sports where, so like running, people used to think that women's uteruses would fall out if we ran a marathon. And so women didn't run <laughs> or bounce too much. And there's obviously a lot of bouncing in basketball. And it, it was one of those sports. Um, I'm reading Catherine Switzer's book at the moment, The Runner, and she was the runner who um, got like pulled out of the Boston Marathon in um, sort of 50 years ago now. But actually she talked about playing basketball as a child and how she wasn't allowed to play the men's version in inverted commas because her, and she asked her coach and her coach said oh you know you're it's, it's not safe for women to play because their uteruses could fall out uh, that it's it's insane to me that within her lifetime I mean she's only 70 70 something she, you know within her lifetime that's been the case so do you think that women's basketball is still living with that legacy is it still you know trying to get past all of that are we still dealing with things that we should be well past because it's a physical game, isn't it? And I think maybe yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it's getting a lot better um, it, it, in terms of, well, using 
uh, more of the American example, there is a lot more support from the men's side to the women's side. So you never really used to see that before. The promotion, the men wearing the female jerseys to games and showing up, you know, the name LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, when he was alive, always went to the games. Um, and it is, it is getting better. We're having a lot more women basketball players, um, even in England, um, doing Sky Sport things for in the men's games. Um, also in the female games commentating a bit more um, things are improving but we still can see the obvious difference in terms of um, for example the men get a sky deal and we get the only time we get to play is if it's maybe a cup final or a trophy final um, and they don't put us in the main slot um, I think the cup final they put us before the men's game and their game was just a league game and they didn't give us the prime time. And even though some people, the comments, so there was a few tweets about it and some people commented that, um, oh, there's no such thing as prime time. There's, you know, they're going to watch you. They're going to watch them. Why are you complaining about it? But it's just, it would never happen for the men. Mm. Um, so it, there's, there is, there is some, there is some things funding, you know, and even though we're supposed to be a partnership, the BBL and WBBL called the women's side. Um, they they get the partnerships, they get the sponsorships, and it's supposed to. They put our name on it, but we don't see the benefits or reap the benefits of it. Um, and again, it'll be the complaint of we don't actually bring in money. Um, so you know that's why things go to the men's side a lot more and. It's just, it's frustrating, but it is, it is difficult for us because a lot of our clubs do run a lot of, they have a lot of say um, in how things run. We don't so much have like an external person who is overseeing everything. The clubs really do play a part. So if the clubs are not doing more, which a lot of it does take funding or a lot more volunteers, which can be very difficult to keep, retain and, um, and recruit. Um, it can be tough because a lot of the coaches they work two jobs they work their basketball job and they do you know and they have family and things like that so um, it, it's definitely tough but um, we we don't get as much exposure as the men do for sure and a lot of it I've seen um, more in the GB kind of side of things you know we we came fourth um, in the Eurobasket which we've never done before you know, we had our girls common, uh, Commonwealth silver medalists, which had never been done before by basketball. And we had to fight to get the game shown on BBC, which is just like ridiculous. Yeah, it is absolutely ridiculous. And it wouldn't have happened if people didn't complain. Like we had to tweet ourselves and be like, everyone help us, you know, kind of thing. It's just, yeah, it, it seems like a fight. And even simple things like, the like the men's side might get um they got uh, masks by some company and we didn't and it's just simple it's just little things it's 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 frustrating um mm. it, it goes even we got a brand new kit that we wore one time and we didn't wear it again but we wore the old kit again the men get to wear the old kit all the time it's just it's simple little things as well as the big things that are really frustrating and you just want somebody to care that little bit more of look that's, that's it in this. it's, it's a caring though difficult these aren't big things 
these are little things and actually if somebody was thinking i think a lot of the time it's just not thinking but that's so frustrating because it is little the things little and things yeah but they, they send such big up. messages yes. to you and then it, the knock-on effect is massive to yeah. people like me who, as a yeah kid just not seeing it um mm. And speaking of having to do other jobs and things, I want to know, you are a busy bee. What else do you have on in addition to being an international athlete? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a lot. Um, well, I've got, I, I just recently started a new job um, as a cover assistant PE teacher um, at a high school. Um, at my old high school, actually, which is uh, really weird oh. being with all my teachers <laughs> that were there before. Oh, so no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been doing that now for a couple of weeks um, and I'm really enjoying it and working with, um, I, I only work with the female side of PE. Um, and it's not been long, but it's been rewarding. There's actually a few girls there that are play at the program at Mystics. Um, so that's really cool to see them every day. They're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> but um, yeah, just that. And then playing basketball every day. Um, You're going to be just, a massive yeah. role model for them, those girls that you're teaching. I hope yeah. so. I, I do hope so. I mean, um, especially the, the area in which it's in, like I grew up, it was, uh, well, back in the day, it was considered more of a rough area. Um, and a lot of the kids, you can tell, relate to that I have been there and I have lived in that area. Um, and in the last two weeks, you can see um, how comfortable a lot of the kids have got with me as well. Um, and it is it is when people see that they can relate to you or they feel that you've yeah. been there um, the way that they are more comfortable with you is what I've seen. And um, it's only been a couple couple weeks and it, it already does feel rewarding and I'm excited to see these kids grow up from like year seven onwards and and things like that so yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far yeah and if you had to say one thing so we use this phrase with these posters if you can't see it you can't be it if you could pick like one thing that they could see from you that they would then be able to be what would what would that be um for me it's caring about everybody and it doesn't matter it's not about uh, being the sportiest person. It's not about um, being the loudest, not about, but sometimes the small things that you do can also be helpful. So if, you, if you're if you willing to help another person and nobody knows about it, things you do behind the scenes, like that's the type of person I want to be. I don't, I'm, I don't like being loud about the things that I do, which is not a problem if you want to be, um, but it's, I'm, I care about every single person and I would like every other person to be that kind of person as well. That's what, that's kind of what I like to put across um, to, to other people. I love that. What an awesome message. Um, I think we're almost out of time, guys. I hate, I hate to say it, but I think we're almost out of time. I know. Um, I talk thank too much. you. <laughs> no, not enough. We need longer podcasts. Um, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find out more about what you're up to? Um, so you can follow Manchester Met Mystics. Um, you can follow Women's British Basketball League um, on the website. I think it's wbbl.org. Um, we'll put it all, we'll put them in the show notes as well so people can can click on the link. Fab, thank you so much for joining no, us. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
And thank you, Emily, for being my co-host once again. That is all we have time for today. You have been listening to the C Sporty B Sporty podcast role model series, celebrating the release of Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty's role models posters. Join us for more of the same on social media at Totally Runnable. If you know a school who might like to know more about the gender sport gap and what they can do to measure and start to close it, they should be a part of Totally Runnable's Girls and Sport Pledge. It's completely free to be a part of and includes some brilliant resources to start your school's gender sport gap journey. Just go to our website at www.totallyrunnable.com or Google Totally Runnable Girls and Sport Pledge or email me nat at totallyrunnable.com. <laughs>